Check one, check two. How are all of you? I am getting up and I'm talking about what have these eyes of mine seen? That is the name of this podcast show. I'm doing a self-evaluation of what my eyes see in this mirror. I'm looking at the shape of my eyes, the color, the content. My eyes almost, almost look almond, almost, but wider. I think everybody has a unique shape when it comes down to their eyes. I'm looking at these brown, yeah, that's a brown. I can literally see the the tint of brown. The brown actually matches similar to, I would say milk chocolate, but a little lighter because it's, you know, the eyes. The eyes have light to it. If I had to say anything about my visual, things that I would change and improvise, it would not be the eyes. I have long eyelashes naturally. Hi, I'm talking about what have these eyes seen. So I'm talking about what I see in the mirror with these eyes. I know it almost sounds like it's pointless or redundant, but it's it has a point to it. Actually, a good point to it. Let me go ahead and continue. <clears throat> the things that I've seen with my eyes will shake you, will shock you. Well, hell, it shocked me. The things that these ears have heard, eyes open wide and the eyes, pupils dilating, yeah, in shock, so stunned, I feel like I'm frozen. I felt that way when I seen a three-year-old living in East L.A. last year, living outside of her tent in Tent City, six, six in Wall Street, not too far from downtown, the Union Station. Anybody ever been to California? Hello? Anybody? And look up 6 and Wall Street. Google it if you really want to know the history. I didn't realize I was literally driving by Skid Row. Me who don't drive, I was in a cab. Got stranded because of COVID, the pandemic and everything, folks. Of course, I got to mention that. But what has this eye seen? Things that you wouldn't believe. Oh, yeah. Things that... Sound like out of a movie, but a really sad movie sometimes, and really good movie too. It all depends on what you like. What what is your view that you prefer? You know, some people, Hollywood, I guess they take things and they make it look fancy, but it's nothing fancy about some homelessness that I've seen. When I see kids homeless living in front of a tent playing with her toys in a sea of nothing but tent, 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 for at least two miles or more. Ain't nothing pretty about that. It's scary. And then there has, it's something that's called sex slave. Don't know if this little girl's involved in it. Remember, I'm on the West Coast, and it can happen in any state, by the way. I just recently was told in my home state, which I haven't lived in 20 years, that they did a giant raid about this 
kids that these were kids they were sex slaves these were not adults some people take sex slaves like like you free willy being forced to have sex is something that someone wants i can't talk about you i don't know your life but i'm pretty sure no one wants that especially not a child and like i think some people because they're dealing with their own mess it's really hard to see how bad is it what's the real problem Sometimes it's really bad because, well, sometimes we're in a, a world of people that don't give a damn. That's what my ears have heard. That's what my eyes have seen. When I've heard people talk about sex slavery and they make it sound like, ooh, it's something that you wrote. Like it's some type of beautiful passage that every girl wants to be forced. And of course, you're not going to say that because that makes you look like a, a weirdo, but you getting excited about a girl being a sex slave now I can see if she's in love with a man and she's a woman consensual I can understand that I will, I'm, I'm grown and I hope that those who are listening are grown I prefer that because sometimes my language is not exactly parental friendly like to be honest with you don't want kids to be walking around saying shit that <laughs> That um, I'm pretty sure their parents didn't teach them. So, I want to talk about what these eyes have seen. Things my eyes have seen has not been fair. Things my eyes have seen. When I seen that three-year-old little girl in East LA, I was shocked. That in this great country, poverty like this exists. What these eyes have seen, what these eyes have seen will make you scream, will make you shout, and not in a good way. Why do we have to pay? Sometimes I wonder what type of spell we are all up under. What have these eyes have seen? The things that make you scream. I ain't talking about your mouth, but I'm talking about your heart. The things that would tear your heart apart. Can you imagine? Just think. Let's just say you were homeless. Because there's a lot of homeless more than you know. A lot of them are hiding. They don't want to show. Because, you know, the world seems to hate them. How do I know? Because that thing, that thing used to be me. What have these eyes seen? So what do you think about when you hear the word homeless? Do you think hopeless? Do you think pity? Do you think worthwhile? Do you think important? I've been, I've been treated huh, as I gas to come up for air. I've been treated so, so bad. So bad. So unloved, so unwanted. And then there was three who seemed past my miserability. These three who seen, who spoke to the sound-minded me, who cared about my well-being. These three human beings. There was three 
who believed in me. These three, these three. I wish I knew their name. Cause they look past my sorrow. They look past my shame. Matter of fact, they are the ones that I speak about and I proclaim how the fame of me, of my life, who was strong enough to survive. Oh, God, God, I'm grateful. I'm so grateful that you would love me in this way. You sent three ladies my way, three Christians who didn't know me but knew my God, and that's enough. Three Christians <laughs> who seen I was enslaved, who seen I was in so much pain. Three Christians who looked past my rags and my holes and my runs, who looked past my hair standing on top of the hot desert sun. Oh, these three, these three believed in me, and that's all I needed. I win. I succeeded by these three who didn't see me as a lost criminal, as a lost soul to be tortured, oh, torturedly bold and cruel to me. These three made me free. These three bought me a ticket to the state where I feel like God demonstrated compassion on me through these three, through my 477 different cells. Oh yeah, that's me. These three who believed in me, who believed in seeing the good, who believed in that I was just misunderstood, who believed that a woman who was lost, who was going back and forth, running for her life, oh, how she sacrificed for a love that didn't love her back. These three, seeing this man did not know how to act, as he would attack the woman who used to be his wife, also threatening her life. These three cared enough about me and see me pass my rags and see me pass me a woman walking around with basically trash. These three who believed that I could be free, that my life could be back in the way that it was supposed to be. These three. I talk about me. I talk about these three. They put their money together so I can live a lot better. These three. Hey, look, I know y'all listening to me. Hey, look, that was straight freestyling. That was all from the heart. I didn't even write that down. That was all art. I call it art from the heart. This is me talking about me recovering me growing 
And me being homeless was not a fairy tale. It's not something that you actually want to do. You know, some people do dumb things. Like, I almost did something really stupid. I was considered going to Las Vegas and pretending to be homeless. I don't think I'm willing to put my life at risk. I'm pretty sure that. When I was homeless, it's because I felt like I had no choice. I didn't even understand my own voice. And you know what? I matter. You matter. We matter. I don't care what stage you are in life. You matter. These three who believed in me. It was a mother, a daughter who's around my age, and a grandmother. They were there for a wedding. These three point me in the right direction. Gave me some, some, some support and love and affection. These three freed me from my once lived miserability. The things that my eyes had seen, the things that my eyes, if my eyes could, they would bleed. The things that I would see, when you think of homeless, do you think hopeless? Let me help you out a little bit more. When you think about homeless, do you think about a person who has a job? Do you think about a person who's employed by a multi-billion dollar organization that's all across this great nation, worldwide? How I'm talking about me, why I need to lie. But I can tell you this, and I'm going to add some more. Let's go further, further down I explore. Yes, yes, as I look on the ground and the floor of the bus station, I'm shocked with frustration by seeing another young person, a young man, who had the same khaki beige pants that I had. He was wearing the same uniform. Yeah, he was homeless. He was out there, sleeping on the ground, right on the ground, and I was shocked to see that it wasn't just me who needed to be free, who needed to be in her own place. So yeah, I have to tell you, there are employed people who cannot afford the roof over their head. If, matter of fact, there's employed people who don't even have that. It's employed people, working hard people, who holding on to their job, Who's treated like they're a slob. But really, their time and their energy is being robbed. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The things that these eyes have seen. I've seen me and the rest of us who are homeless standing, standing up because the security guard wouldn't let us take a sleep in the bus station in Las Vegas. In Vegas, if you fall asleep, the security will literally wake you up. If you're resting or taking too long in the bathroom, oh, they assume that you are, oh, heaven forbid if you want to clean up and be groomed. Oh, not in their bathroom. I remember there was so much disrespect because they wanted to project 
that I don't deserve respect, that I am a part of the the world of rejects. Oh yes, this is me, and I today have learned to be exactly who I'm supposed to be. I've learned this is who I am supposed to be. I've learned that, you know what? One part of me said, I don't give a fuck. But you know what? I do. I'm a sensitive sort. Screw the world. It's sometimes I want to say that. But that's not who I am. I actually give a damn. Sometimes too much for the wrong people. Because they just misuse people that we they consider fools who give and give and give instead of taking care of themselves. Oh, they take care of narcissistic, you know who they are, abusive using people. Yeah, I'm talking about what these eyes are seeing. I've seen things that make your eyes want to bleed. I want you to imagine. Close your eyes and can you be surprised and just give up? Can you give up living in filth, wearing the same outfit, not doing your hair? I mean, who cares if I do my hair? Who cares if I look right? It's you who have to care. Who cares? Is what I used to think. But who cares today is now suddenly me. Huh. I'm so grateful that in my 30s, I escaped homelessness and false love and abuse. If you're in an abusive relationship, know that it is not right and it's not okay. Or you know someone that's in an abusive relationship, look. Some people won't help it, while others don't. It's kind of hard to see, but if someone's really reaching out, I hope that you help them if you are able to. Today's podcast show is about what my eyes have seen. It's mainly about a variety of things. Today, my heart hurts a bit more because I see I'm not no longer on the floor. I see I'm no longer being ignored. Matter of fact, I'm being explored. Matter of fact, you wanna hear this? If I can wish upon a star, I will wish, I wouldn't even wish my life would be this good for a woman who was misunderstood. I have been interviewed three times for my work on the news because no one can do what I can do because if everybody can do what I can do then there will be no room for me so don't let no one tell you what type of artist you should be uniquely you know who you are and find ways to find joy and to spread it abroad When I talk about life, everybody, when I talk about life and I talk about the things that I've grown through, I'm talking about me. I'm talking about you. 
long as there's human beings in poverty, not free, there's a part of me that is missing. There's a part of you that is suffering. Long as there's people that's not free. You know, you think slavery is over? The Emancipation Proclamation. For those who know their history. Or care about their history. Some folks just don't give a damn. Just straight up, just don't give a damn. But others, well, they do care. And I'm one of the people that care. And I've learned to be not afraid to bear. To bear my treasure. Don't bury it abundant or something. Share it with the rest of the world. I've learned that me who was once called a reject and you know I've learned to be comfortable with that type of mindset of no one likes me. No one sees me or they see me as someone they can you know Make me a butt of their jokes. Someone who, well, is the weird one, but they're the weird ones who like to have fun at my expense. Because they dislike me over stuff that just don't make good sense. I'm not saying you have to be accepted by other people. I'm not saying... Sometimes I like being in the oddball because if you look around at people and their mess and their chaos, if me being the oddball makes me different, makes me who I am, guess what? I'd rather be on that side. I'm safe on that side. I'm not only safe, but I actually demonstrate a variety of things that the world has yet to see. It's me talking about what my eyes have seen. It's me going about me about living her life, about living in the world that her eyes have seen at days talking about being free. There are so many different ways to be in bondage. It will astonish you. As I talked about me not being free. I was not free. If you're that poor that you cannot afford your sleep, you cannot afford a roof over your head, if you're that poor, that poor, that type of poorness, I can blame, easy sit there and blame a variety of reasons why I was homeless, why I was underly employed for years. People didn't know this, but I didn't tell anyone. My last year working there, the people who I connected with was other homeless people. Great thing I like about being homeless is there's so many of them. I said it were great. Like, how in the hell is that great? Let me help you out. If it, it's more than one of you, a lot of y'all that's homeless and y'all working, like a lot of us were working. I knew plenty of people that were homeless. Most of the people I knew who were homeless, I'd say good 70% of them were working. How is that possible? I could literally name names to you. And I can name names to you that are not employed, who are waiting for their check, their disability check or 
SSI, SSDI, check all that to come through. You got those people. You have literally a large dynamic and everybody ain't on the bottom doing drugs. And there's some who are, who are working and doing drugs um, and alcohol. You name it, they're doing it. And you wonder how come they're walking around, they're walking pharmaceutical. I'm just, and that's me joking, but it's not a joking game. But if, if it's all these people who are poor, who are living in tents, like I experienced, who are living in motels that are too expensive. It's far too expensive with your homeless. And if you live in a state that do not provide the advantage that certain states, like New Jersey, and there's other states that provide housing. Matter of fact, I was told California do, but there's too many folks that's homeless in Cali. So, like, remember that three-year-old I talked about? I talked about East L.A. There's too many people that are homeless. And if you see what my eyes have seen, these human beings walking around like zombies gone you see a physical body but you see their clothes hanging off of them you see their hair like my hair was standing on top in the beautiful california sun you see hair clothes left undone you've seen what life has done to them so i don't judge people because i don't know what they've been through I can only tell you what I've been through. I don't know what they've been through. When they walking around pushing their grocery cart. Ain't got no damn groceries inside that cart. Ain't got no grocery store to go inside of. That requires money, food stamps. If they have a mindset to use that. If, that's a big if. If their mind can perception or taking care and grooming themselves. It's not number one when you're just trying to live and survive. Maybe they're depressed. Maybe they're, in, I'm pretty sure they're in distress. They're walking around their own disbelief, looking like they're living in a garbage heap. Can you feel where I'm coming from? Then I see the three-year-old girl. I, I hurt still now. What did I do? Welcome again to a Tamika Michelle podcast show. So what did I do when I see that three-year-old little girl? I couldn't talk to her. She my daughter. I don't know who her parents is who's in that tent. They might have a double bear for my I'm being real for a minute. This is America. We love to carry guns, assault weapons. I don't know what people got, even though the truth be told. The truth be told. Different things that we believe about homeless people is so false. Yes, this is from a person who used to be a beggar. Beggar in the sense of I read, I had literally a sign in loose leaf paper or scrap piece of paper that read HELP in capitalization, H-E-L-P. I was the homeless girl who was on the bridge connected from, it's called the Wynn Hotel Casino slash Fashion Show Mall. That's right there, down on the strip of Las Vegas, past Circus Circus, right there on the strip. It's like the middle of the strip. The point I'm really making to you is the negative views, they don't make good sense, but it does make dollars and it does make them sense. Meaning these people who, and I talk about me being an anchor person, they're unethical. Everyone's not ethical. As an, unfortunately, as an anchor person, you got crows, what you call those 
um vultures there you go that's the proper word vultures okay crows vultures vultures feasting off of other people's demise that's why i stopped doing journalism yes you're hearing this writer you're hearing this poetic speaker right here but also i went to my education in flint michigan i had an internship as a for photo ed not photo editing i'm sorry i'm i'm a photographer so i'm not going right to photo editing um as a editor for the newspaper my mentor was the editor of the flint journal if you need to look that up go right ahead black woman at the time don't know what she is now or he don't know it's been a long time like i said i lived there 20 years so the point i'm making to you is she told me the truth i gotta get that sister that she straight up said and me sister tamika i couldn't take it i'm being honest i was she asked me this question and i lied through my teeth she said can you can you deal with profiting over other people's demise and i swallowed in the truth and said yes I'm okay with that. My heart said, uh-uh, you know you ain't okay with that. And, of course, I did return back to the internship. That's how she got rid of me real quick. You know, if she was looking for a way, she pulled on a heartstring. You know, so that's way before I knew homelessness. That's way before I knew Vegas. But I left Michigan for so many reasons. When you stop, if you write a pros and cons list, and if you're cons is so bad that you're it's numerous then you need to leave michigan or whatever state you're in i'm just saying if you know somewhere that's better now folks don't know where the hell to go like vegas is nothing like vegas from the weather to the heat to the way they run their so the society that they do have um they have positive and negative like the negative stuff i don't like is the up in your face pornography up in your face um naked naked industry and like but you have so many hard workers to stay in las vegas that vegas is not what people are seeing on tv yeah <laughs> they see the crazy shit they don't see what makes the wheel turn they're not seeing the sacrifices people have made in that city in the 702 they're not really aware of that, of the heart back-breaking consistency at a chiropractor's office because their back is so messed up for doing housekeeping, for doing a variety of hard manual labor things. And all of my, some people have a, a stereotypical type, which I am not into. They think because you do housekeeping, you're Mexican. Well, you're talking to a person who is not Mexican. And I did housekeeping for the Sahara Hotel Casino. And I have to tell you, that was a hard job. And I have respect for people in general, but I have even more respect because I wore those shoes, literally. Wore the outfit, suffered, and was in back pain. And there were days when I thought that I wouldn't make it. And that's what made me quit, okay? Um, because I was afraid that I would have permanent da nerve damage to my spinal. And I need to stand. And like I said, y'all need to stand. But... I'm being honest. I'm a big woman. A big woman back then. I'm a big woman today. Um, the point I'm making to you is I wasn't willing to give up my stability of walking. And I don't think you should either. 
So know that if you're going to do housekeeping, it is hard work. I didn't understand how the reason why they hired me so quick. Most employers in Vegas make you do three interviews or more before they hire you. Most. Unless you're doing a job like Walmart or retail or something like that. That effect. But the point I'm making to you is very simple. Vegas has some very hard workers. And you got people who do other stuff. The lifestyle that no one else do in nowhere else. Pretty much. It's Las Vegas. So, all jokes aside, Vegas had, I'm just telling you, eight years of, of, of growing. Like, I like the fact that you can, if I can give a benefit of Las Vegas, I, I throw it at you. I like the fact that, well, I'm able to escape in the same city. I'm able to experience different things in the same city. I'm able to get lost in Las Vegas for the experience, for the adventure in the same city. In the same state. I like that. I like doing the staycation. I like doing the shooting ring. And I'm not a violent person. I just like shooting and aiming. Um, not at people. Okay. So uh, this targets not people. Okay. There's a giant difference for me. Who respect life. And clarity of life. And the beauty of life. And support in life. So. I want to congratulate all you people. Who've been doing your damn thing. And making businesses happen and taking a risk as I recently had some associates of mine who support me. Um, yeah, they're doing that too. So I'm not the only entrepreneur. I I'm glad to hear that. The point I'm making to you is very simple. Congratulations. If you are out there doing your thing, if you're out there being a risk taker, if you're out there being brave, people call you crazy. Look, I understand. I get it. I'm congratulating you for taking charge of your wealth. Everybody ain't trying to do that. They work rather work with an employer that pays them well, and, and that's okay if that's what you prefer to do. But for you risk takers, I especially thank you. I'm a little biased because I'm a risk taker. So you entrepreneurs, you who businesses are starting to take off, you're starting to get more clientele, virtual events going on that you actually make, um... I congratulate you. I do because, well, the truth be told, you don't have to do that. You chose to do that because you knew there was opportunity here for you to make money and see some growth on the inside of yourself and for other people too. So congratulate wonderful, awesome, amazing risk taker you. And I congratulate you who's hold on to your job. In spite of all the mayhem that you've gone through with COVID and et cetera, I have to say thank you. Thank you for choosing to believe in yourself. Since now you believe in yourself, it makes it easier for us to believe in ourselves. So thank you for your success and your determination. This has been what my eyes and my heart has seen. This has been what my ears have heard. Even the smell of being homeless was insane. I remember the pain of, of the smell I would smell, the filth smell. It smelled like sweat, dirt, and dusk. Yeah, dirt, dusk. Because Vegas has a lot of dust. Don't know if you know. They still have sandstorms, okay? So it's a desert, so... Thank you for letting me go on and on and on about what my eyes are seeing. The things that will make your eyes bleed more like your heart bleed. The things that I've seen has not exactly been easy to swallow and digest. 
sometimes I like that three year old little girl when I seen her I couldn't rest for days because I was amazed that this is still going on in our country. So what are we do going to do? I I've advocated for it. For what I understand, her family got some assistance in getting the help that they need. Um, yes, I contact Orange County and because I know that's East LA, so it's a two one one, you know, website. And I did a very touching email letter, and they actually contact me back. Cause I left my phone number, so it was really sweet of them to contact you back because I couldn't sleep. I was just gone bonkers seeing that. that that really broke my heart you know so I think it would break your heart too you see a three year old in that position just playing with her toys my little girl <sighs> kids are so different from us but all jokes aside look here thank you for hearing me out thank you for listening thank you for hearing the rhythms of Tamika Michelle Noah and this is the first what my eyes have seen the things that make you want to cry, the things that make you want to scream. Happy and sometimes joy. Thank you for being here to explore my adventure. Some good and some bad, some horrible and some sad. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. And if you desire to become a subscriber today, I welcome all of you. Matter of fact, I thank you ahead of time. Congratulations on making it through this podcast show. Congratulations on your desiring to be a subscriber. You go ahead, you put any dollar amount, and I'm grateful for all that I receive. I have to tell you that this podcast that I'm talking to right now has become an actual income for me. So, hey, thank you. Thank you for your support your likes, and you sharing this podcast. So this is called What My Eyes Have Seen. This is from my heart, from me to you. Stay strong. Stay in the right direction. Y'all be protected. Y'all take care of yourself. And again, if you choose to buy some of my freelance photography, I'm very grateful for that. I sell from $7 to $130 and specialty items to $200. So which ones do you want? We could talk more about that. What you want, what you need, and some face masks too. Thank you from me also to you. Hi, everyone. It's about that time to start a new podcast show. What is today's subject? I'll tell you. Welcome again to a Tamika Michelle podcast show. Thank you for coming. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. You might want to take notes. Matter of fact, I suggest you get a scrap piece of paper, a pen. I hate pencils. I hate the way that's. It's an irritating feeling of sound. Maybe you're like me, so get an ink pen. So get an ink pen, any color. Hey, get a Corolla crayon if you feel it makes you feel at ease. This is about me trying not to hurt myself. When I say that, when I say that,
know that I'm talking about my story, my journey, but also, also my hopes. And yes, yes, my prayers is that you yourself learn not to hurt yourself. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. I'm thinking about a song from the 90s with Ice Cube. Oh my gosh. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. That's funny how I would say a, you could say that's a flashback moment. But if you can relearn on anything, it could be a song. It could be words, a phrase. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. I'm sitting here talking to you about how not to hurt yourself. There's some things we are truly not in control of. But a good majority of our life, got to tell you, we are in control of it. Maybe you don't feel that way. And that's okay. I don't know what type of life you live. Again, thank you and welcome and welcome all of you. So I'm used to putting myself in harm's way now when I was younger you know a kid and stuff I was an innocent bystander like there's some things as a child you cannot help at all at all a lot of unjust things happen to kids all the time I don't know y'all I'm not saying God had anything to do with that though I, I will tell you that my faith tells me that and maybe that makes me sound a little nuts but I just have this belief that all the evil and wicked things that happen and all the unjust things has nothing to do with Abba Father nope nope uh, you can't convince me well I'm talking from the standpoint as a believer when I wasn't a believer yeah, there was a time I wasn't born a believer, just, you know, just came out my mom's room and just knew Jesus. I'm being honest. I didn't. <laughs> I did not. Um, some of y'all have the honor of being raised by other, you know, Christians and whatnot, but I wasn't. So, but you know what? I got to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ when I was 16 years old, many, many years ago. Many years ago. At my high school. See, my high school... Denby Tech Preparatory High School. Hope oh, Denby Preparatory Tech High School. The high school is bulldozed now, anyways. But it's in Detroit, Michigan, Six Mile Kelly Road. You are free to look this information up. The point I'm making is, I believe it happened when I was 15 or 16. This young man. I pause. I want to pause for this young man's life. Five seconds. Ready? Because he got killed in our high school. I just wanted you to know he was, he bled out. So it was gang related. So I'm about to give five seconds to this young man's life. We were in the same grade. So, and also, by the way, the person who did the stabbing, because it was gang-related, I used to have biology with this young man. Quiet. To me, he was young. I did Not just young, but like, quiet. Like, you know, didn't bother nobody. But I guess, in my head, I really obviously didn't know him. Didn't know in the future, I'd be talking about this young man, and not only the one who, the one who ordered the hit and gave him the, the knife. Them two are doing life. So in this tragedy, one person is not coming back. 
which is the young man. I can't imagine a mother. Now, I can't imagine, but it just sounds like too, some stuff is so bad. It's not something you want to even dare try to imagine or it's unbelievable that it actually happened. Yeah. It's a point of me talking about that. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Sometimes we do things that wreck ourselves. Sometimes we do things that cause havoc. And sometimes through the chaos, some good can happen. The reason why I'm talking about that young man, or technically that young man, and the two that is doing life for the rest of their life. First, let me give him... This man and his mom and his family. I don't even know the young man's name. I just know we were the same age and he bled out in the hallway. So here's five seconds. Ready? Okay, I went over. But I wanted to give this young man respect not only him but his family so I thought about his family too I thought about that mother that so much of him she would not know it's, it's, it's seriously sad he was oh that's so sad no it's heartbreaking sad we got Joe Biden y'all and Camilla is the vice president we finally got a sister in there that's a good thing, right? I really pray that things do turn out better. I really do because I, a lot of people are ready to see the Trump administration leave. I knew some people that you well, that was like really into the Trump administration. They were the same people who voted him out. <laughs> I think it's funny, but okay. Um, you have the right to have a change of mind. Anyway, um, I talk about this young man's death and the two who are doing, um, doing life. And there's other people out there who their loved ones is doing life. I don't understand why the laws change and why they make choices to do such things to charge someone under 18 years old with a life sentence. It all depends on what state you in. Because you know other states, you get a death penalty. I think Cali and Nevada. I'm pretty sure of it. You get the death penalty. So, what was the good in all this? Why did I mention this? Well, the elders of my community were scared. They were so scared they did this. Now, I remember this. Now, you know how you're not supposed to pledge allegiance. And you know how they took prayer out to school many years ago before I even attended school. So, long story short. I remember right after this, man's, this young man's death that my life was in shambles at that time. And I remember... As I come out of my, the, the entryway, the exitway, I'm sorry, of the high school, you got old men, old black men. Well, Detroit back then, I don't know how it is now, but back then it was like 80% black. 
and it's probably like maybe 60 probably um 60 probably 70 it's the normal population if you did your research if you like research like i do you'll understand why there's so many african-americans um they call it the migration never thought they would call it a migration but i do understand why most people if you got older family members i'm talking your parents i'm talking your grandparents and so forth if you're from detroit I guarantee your grandparents more than likely are not from Detroit. And I have to tell you, both of my grandparents on both sides of the family are not from Detroit. One from Alabama, and the other one's from Tennessee. That's on my, let's see, Alabama, Tennessee, that's my dad. The other ones, meaning my mom, my mom's, my mother and her father and her mother are not from Detroit. My mother's from Virginia, West Virginia, and so is my grandmother. And generations of woods are from that state with an S. And there's a reason why I'm talking about all this. It's just giving you a good idea of my great-grandfather, I was told, is from Alabama. And my great-grandmother was actually from West Virginia and so forth and so forth and I still have a lot of roots there so the point I'm making and I've never been to West Virginia day of my life I just know that my mom no family are from there and long story short a lot of black Americans migrated to Detroit for the jobs the auto industry had it going on and back in those days well, racism was in your damn face. You didn't have to wonder and question if someone's the racist. It was the damn law. Segregation, you get it. So, <laughs> like, you didn't have to wonder if, you know, that racism was okayed. You know, um, hatred was celebrated in your face. It was law. I just think about that and go, damn, really? But it was law. It used to be law. There's a reason why I'm saying everything that I'm saying. I'm tying it into a point. The point is very simple. Trying not to hurt yourself. I talked about the migration. This should give you an understanding of why Detroit has such a large population of African Americans that are from the South. So if you want to look that up, you know, you're free to do it on Google. But um, I just told you a little bit about my family history. So I speak about all that to come to an actual conclusion. To basically, like I said, to introduce to you the migration and understanding of why there's so many black people in Detroit. Like you hear like people who say they're from Detroit and they not black. I have to tell you, I question it. Cause I'm from Detroit. So like normally, like I have to open my mind. Like, okay, we open mind now, they could be. Because my best girlfriend's white and like, she's from Detroit. So what, who cares, you know? So, um, it's a point in me talking about racism, trying not to hurt myself. So a lot of us do things according to the way we've been programmed like a computer. All of us, including me, all of our first programming came from our adolescence. When we were from the womb until adulthood, right? So I lived in Detroit for the first 20 years of my life. Two weeks after my 20th birthday, I moved out of Detroit and have not looked back. I visit. Yes, I have. Um, but I have been there in a good 
16, 17 years, yeah. Long time, long time. But um, let's get off of that. I want to talk about those old guys that were presented outside my school. As we're leaving the school, after this young guy was murdered in the hallway. This wasn't the day of, this was the year of, okay? It was right after it, because I remember coming out. And I remember, um, see, a lot of people think that me becoming a Christian, um, I was brought up as a Christian. No, that would be a lie. Um, but it was, I had some Christian influence around me, though. Like, those, when that situation happened. And you know what? I want to give it um, some more silent time because I want to hand it to the mothers out there that that um, oh God that their child died. I know I normally don't talk about sad things, but those parents matter too. Their kid mattered too. And whatever saga that happened even not just the mothers who lost their kids to death who lost their kids to life in prison there's some loving people that are in in there they just did something that was obviously not good against the law and took a life I'm assuming if they're doing life right These people matter, their parents matter, and I don't believe that their parents had anything to do with that. Because I like to believe that if they're being charged as a, you know, for the rest of their life, I like to think they were wrong when they did it. So, before we go any further, I want to give five seconds for the parents that lost their kids somehow, some way to a saga at the high school or elementary school or middle school, let's not pretend like they lost don't mean something. I'm doing this because I have respect for those who lost someone, especially someone young. Um, not only young, but it's, it's a way of honoring these parents too and saying, look, I hear you. Maybe the world don't hear you. And I know some of y'all are doing the best you can with what you got, and that's a good thing. But let's not forget about these parents that lost their kids to death, to some soccer at any age school, or to, to the tragedy of being in prison for the rest of their life. So here I go. I give them my salute. I give them my honor, and I I hope you allow me to do this, because I know me so emotional. But I, it just appeared to me that I don't talk a lot about death. And, like, who wants to hear about death? How is that a positive content? But, like, this is how I feel. If we don't, if we don't notice and try to dress each other's wounds, how are we as a nation of people? How are we gonna get better? How are we gonna do better if we can't walk forward? Are we gonna pretend like the elephant is not in the room? No, no, cause when that happens, the problem gets worse. And then you wonder how come certain things happen is because we ignored it and then said, oh, we didn't see it coming. Yes, y'all did, if you're being honest. 
if you were paying attention, yes, you did. There's so many people I know who are suicidal because things like this happen. So I want to just address that. And 1-800-SUICIDE-HOTLINE. I want to talk about that because people, there's people that need help that are hurting out there so unbearably that they decided to take their life. Don't, I, and I ain't going to front. I've had that problem. I ain't going to sit here and tell you, you know, I don't never have that problem. Sometimes I still have that problem. So this is me giving those families, those parents, the, the toxicness that's in, I don't know what's going on now with the pandemic and stuff, but and maybe y'all dealing with that too. Let me honor these people's lives. And let me honor these parents' lives. So here I go. 10 seconds. Ready? And by the way, you do matter. So when I say, I talk about what got me to stop wanting to take matters into my own hands. I don't think it just happened to the poor people. No. No, not at all. What stopped me, what stops me now, is the understanding of doing something permanent for a temporary situation. Sometimes, in my youth, and sometimes even now, I'm tested. The patient is tested so much that I don't want to deal. And one of the ways I would try to deal is try to take my own life or taking a lot of pills. Some of y'all might hear me. I'm not exactly saying I'm proud of it. I wish I could sit here and tell you I'm always happy, y'all. And normally I'm a very happy-go-lucky person. So I wanted to acknowledge those who are suffering from a loss and those who are going through trauma too. You know, some of us can't pretend, we have to pretend like we're not going through trauma and just function and do what we do because we want to pretend like we so-called fucking normal. What the fuck does that shit mean? Some people who are not willing to deal with their own shit, their own backyard, will look at you like you're dirt, like you're, like you're the scum, even though you are the victim and we victimize you. What the fuck? No. So, I laugh, but I'm not laughing. I, this is not time to laugh. Because people do it all the time. I don't know why, but like I said, because they're not dealing with their own backyard. So it's easier to project onto somebody else. That's an act of a what? Cowards, a weak, painfully weak person. So, yeah, today y'all were getting serious. Help me not to hurt myself. Check myself before I wreck myself. So, how have I hurt myself besides trying to basically ODing, trying to completely die, 
being mad at God. So when I talked about that boy that, that was life that was taken, that boy and the two that are doing life for the rest of their life. I'm telling you where I found my hope at. I'm telling you where I found my strength at. I'm telling you where I found something that starts with an elf. Faith. Faith. Boom. It seemed like today, today's world, it seemed like it's still a beautiful world, by the way. It's still a beautiful universe. Do not think it isn't because it is. It is. And you're a part of it, by the way. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. I'm here, here quoting uh, <laughs> Ice Cube. But it means the same thing. Don't hurt yourself. Trying not to hurt yourself. So this is where I found my faith. I heard about Christianity. Oh, please. I used to tell people off. Oh, yeah, that, that was me. I'm not exactly happy about that. People who know me, you know, know I'm an on-fire Christian. So you wouldn't even know it. You wouldn't even know I used to misquote God's word. Because I had someone of a different Christian faith. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Because I'm not against this faith. I'm just against the way this person came at me. Literally hollering at me about the word of God. Like, like yeah, that's going to get me to want to become a Christian. Like, oh, you're a part of cray crazy people. Or maybe he just really didn't know how to express it properly. I'm just going to assume that me as a mature Christian today. When I was out there doing my damn thing. Find love in all the wrong fucking places. Woo, with the most mixed up, messed up people. And yeah, almost can call them animals. But uh, they're not animals. They're worse than animals. Because animals can't help the animals. When you are a person who's older, who's taking advantage of a girl who has no self, none, no self-esteem, and she's looking for love in the wrong places, come on, y'all know what they do. That's that's a great fucking partnership. I'm not saying it's right, but I remember guys being 10 years older than me, 12 years older than me, 15 years older than me, messing with me. You know how nasty that sounds? Hold on, let me help you out. My mother is 18 years older than me. Are you catching what I'm trying to say? Men who are old enough to be my father. My mother became a mother and became pregnant with my brother at 15. And had him at 16. They're old enough to be my parents. Well, of course, they want to parent in a different way. Yeah, come on with lust and lies and alibis. Because <laughs> they know I'm so stupid and young. They took advantage of me over and over and much as they can, you know, and I kind of feel bad for, I wouldn't say feel bad, but like, I guess you have to teach your kids to like to defend themselves when they become of that particular age. I'm not a mother, but I'm just thinking like for those people who got teenagers, it's a crazy world out there. So I think wisdom would teach that parent to prepare them for that world. Not being super paranoid, being overprotective, because that's, that's when you're going to get cray-cray to come out. You didn't even know that kid was that nuts. <laughs> Rebellious. I call them nuts, but how could you be nuts when, like, I don't know. Just some people's parenting it just don't make a whole bunch of common sense, you know. But anyway, and even some of these kids, you know, teenagers and whatnot, they don't make any sense either. Because they're teenagers, they're still learning. So, here I am.
talking to you about my strength and me trying not to hurt myself. And I hope this inspires you. So what got me to stop crying out to God about, it's funny, I used to disagree with the word of God. Um, what scripture specifically? I said the word you used to. So my Christian people, it's not that I'm saying something against my faith. That would be nuts. <laughs> okay, that would be, how are you going to be saying something against yourself? That's literally like, uh, together we stand, divided we fall. You divide against your own self? That don't make a whole bunch of sense. No, this is before the faith. I used to, like I said, I had a friend who was of a certain Christian faith background. And he would say certain things about women. And it was just the way that he said it, it wasn't correct. Like, it was like, we're not clear understanding and I said well God needs to update the Bible I remember saying that to him and he said oh that's blasphemy so what the hell does that mean besides I'm hearing a loud noise in my ear now I know what it means today blasphemy okay that's um meaning something against the Holy Ghost so no that's against the word of God it's not saying God and who he is but at that time, I really wasn't trying to hear that shit. I was trying to hear me, flesh me, worldly me. So, check yourself before you wreck yourself. I know that sounds corny, y'all, because it's an old song from Nice Ice Cube. Very talented um, hip-hop rap artist and actor. All jokes put aside. Try not to hurt myself. Trying to find a reason to live. This one side of me that says, when I became a Christian is where I started. And it just grew like a seed in my ear. So at that same high school where I told you that young man was murdered and two guys are serving the rest of their life for a gang-related hit. But at the same high school, those old guys I told you who was outside the door dressed up in church outfits so I wasn't like scared of them like why they approaching me they were going they weren't really going up to students we would walk past them and they have a bible a little small new testament bible now in that new testament bible small it's a smaller version of the whole old and new testament bible I'm sure y'all know that's when I found salvation that's what I found. I heard of being centered. I would call it being grounded, being found. That's when I really became curious about Christianity. Um, really wanted to know who Jesus was. Really wanted to know what salvation meant. What did it mean to be born again? I know I'm not trying to sit here and tell you how to be a Christian. I'm just telling you what happened to me and I'm not ashamed of it. This is who I am today. Me who disagree with the word of God. I think it's funny in a funny way. I think it's funny that today that I can actually say, wow, God had his hand on me. And it started with something bad. Not just, yes, the young man who passed away and those who know, those parents who had to suffer their kids being in prison for the rest of their life. The point I'm making is the community responded back 
the point I'm making is it helped me not to hurt myself. I found out later in life. Um, it's one thing to say this in this prayer. And with two Christian clubs, the after school Bible study that we had at the high school. After school Bible study, yes. It changed my life. It still changed my life still to this day. There's some powerful things that can happen in Bible studies. So try not to hurt myself. How can I not hurt myself? Maybe I should think along those lines. Trying not to hurt myself. Actually, don't do it, right? That should be the mindset of a sound-minded perception. And even if your mind game where it ought to be, you know what? That's okay. I don't know you enough to know what you're going through, what problems you're having, what temptations that's bothering you. But if you're having these problems, me talking about suicide, it may be triggering for you. It may be something you're considering. Hey, look, I get it. It's a hard world out there. And maybe you feel like you're the only one going through that shit. Maybe you feel like you're going through a unique a sense of injustice in your life. Maybe you're mourning someone's death. I don't know what it is. Maybe you're sick or you're in pain. Hey, look, I'm giving the whole possibilities of I hear you and I feel you. And no, we're not talking, but you're hearing me at the sound of my voice. And know that I don't want nothing to happen to you. Know that I do care for you. And I know you mean you've never met, probably maybe we'll never meet. And that's okay. Maybe we don't have to meet. Try not to hurt yourself is on the lines of it could be suicide, it can be eating things that ain't good for you. Like it's like a slow suicide, you know? Um, I'm trying to think. Oh. So it's like a slow suicide. Maybe y'all don't hear me. There are so many health problems. There's in the, if the health industry is being upfront and forthcoming, which a lot of times they're not. Because I hate to say it, but there's a lot of things in the medical health industry is money-driven. Like, I think 100% of it. Maybe 97% of it. Maybe not 100%. Only reason I give it that 3% is because, not just because I'm a Christian girl, okay? But also, um, it's because the whole benefit of the doubt. There's some people who literally took control of their own health by literally getting self-educated. I'm not saying all of them became doctors. That's a lie. No. They found out what worked for them. They actually did their own research. Yes, their very own research. And found out different ways of how to help themselves. So really, I'm not just talking about suicide, and I'm not trying to depress you. Know that I'm not. But if you know someone or other people who are going through that, I get it. I get it. Hey, I get it. A lot of stuff is going on in the world. I don't want you to feel like, if it's you, I don't want you to feel like 
you are not you're not alone is what I'm trying to say if you're contacting the one 800 suicide number I'm gonna tell you give you a little bit summary of what you'll get you'll get a counselor who will talk to you briefly talk you out of you hurting yourself and they're so understanding I'm talking from experience. I want to talk about what I know. I'm not going to advise you to do something that I won't do for myself. No. That would make me a hypocrite and that would make me a liar. And make me a liar. Yeah, that's basically it. Um, and I don't do that. I've learned in life that if I won't give any advice in the world, I have to make sure I'm able to follow it for myself. You hear me? Uh, I think you do. So thank you for coming to this podcast show. And today we're talking about how not to hurt yourself. So I don't know where you are in life. Maybe suicide is not your issue. Maybe you just don't want to deal with it. It's too intense. It's too much pain. Maybe you don't want to kill yourself. Or maybe you just want the pain to stop. Okay. Okay. I'm saying okay in the sense of I feel you. You know, some people, maybe there's a lot of people, have a problem with having faith, have a problem with having hope. I'm not talking about Christianity. I'm talking about seeing your perspective churn from your circumstance to your situation. Some people are so sick, and I mean that physically and mentally, that if they're around a friend and speaking something positive, they'll shoot it down. Because they're used to being sick. You catch what I'm trying to say to you. They're used to being sick. So their perception is a bit messed up. They're a bit cranky. Of course, they're used to being in pain. Of course, they're going to be cranky. If you got pinched all the damn time, wouldn't you be cranky? If you got smacked around all the same, I mean, every day, all day, I think you'd be like, all right, that people. And, you know, <laughs> Even an animal has its points, you know? So, I'm sure humans have their points too. So, I thank everybody for coming to this po- this bold, brave podcast show because everybody can't come to this podcast show. It takes a special sort. Why am I saying that? Everybody wants to, sometimes I feel like we get so stuck up on the good stuff, the prosperity, the money. This is why these marketers like make so much money because everybody want to get paid, right? Especially the marketers. So today, as I talk to you about mysteries of not hurting yourself, for me, it's two places that not actually three. Okay, yeah, I'm saying because I'm a Christian. Okay, you can go there. And I'm okay with it, actually. I'm fine with it. It's me that have to live with it. You have a soul. You have a mind. You have a body. You have a heart that loves and it's big. And you have your own thoughts that sometimes you don't get to express them the way you ought to. So sometimes people do things in a way that's irrational. And they get a messed up result and they wonder why. I'm going to talk about me first before I even talk about any of you. Because I don't know all of you who's listening to this podcast show. So I'm trying not to hurt myself. 
So what did I do recently? This happened less than a month ago. Actually, about a week ago. Yeah, about a week ago is about right. I have been working out. And I did a big no-no. First of all, I did a couple of no-nos. So think about it. I didn't stretch. And I shouldn't have been running. Now, how can you say that, Tamika? I used to be a sprint runner when I was like a good over 100 pounds lighter than what I am now. And I used to time myself. I was what they call beast mode, running for like mm, two hours in the morning. Before, I mean, and if I will work a, a eight-hour shift, cleaning up and being, I used to work at a Taco Bell. So it wasn't an eight-hour shift. It was part-time. But we used to close down and shut down by 6 o'clock, start at 5 a.m. And Boulder Highway in Flint, Michigan. Okay. So, um, I used to run I stayed in the suburb area Flint has a suburb it does and not it, it was such a nice area the air was a light sweet smell because lavender plants is in the area that's how nice it was I stayed not, not too far from mall can't think of the name many years ago the point I'm making is simple I was in shape I was in my 20s roaring and I had all this energy and I was working like crazy and I would get up and do my workout. And it was fun. I like, you know, being a size 10. I like not feeling the pain the way I feel it now. Oh, good Lord, do I feel it now? I mean, there's some people that got it worse than you or me. And what I did wrong, I didn't stretch, number one. You know, stretching helps you be flexible. It prevents injuries and I didn't stretch that's one thing I even noticed I did that to myself that morning I didn't stretch properly and I also I did not watch where I was running I ran for three miles beast mode I used to be able to run four or five miles and I'm not there yet but I used to do it consistently and time myself like I time how far I run before I stop to do it again stop it again but I actually time myself and long story short I hurt my ankle and um, it's just recently got back in order that's because I'm not running anymore I'm I'm, I'm, I'm getting back to knowing what, listen to my body and knowing what she's feeling. And, oh you know, yeah, I'm telling myself, I gotta keep reminding myself, I'll be forgetting y'all, to stretch and to allow myself to have rest days. So, if you out there working out or taking care of yourself in any type of way, allow yourself to have a rest day. Like, I have a red meat day. I ain't gonna tell y'all when. But I don't do it like every week like I used to. I do like maybe once a month or once every two months. But, um, yeah, so I'm just saying, y'all, y'all be careful out there because try not to hurt yourself. Try not to hurt yourself. Move your hand. Move your hand. 
move your hand. Uh, y'all, I have a fur friend now, so I have to like train him. <laughs> He's something else. He's a sweetie pie, but like he got claws, so I'm making him declawed. Ah, 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 ah. Get off me. Get off me. <laughs> he was stretching with me today when I was working out. It was so damn cute. He was literally stretching. Like, I think he was marking me or just joining the fun. I don't know. But it was, he was literally stretching because I was like upside, upside dog position he was doing the same thing and I was like oh this is too funny <laughs> literally at the same time right next to me <laughs> it's nice to have a pet give me some company I named him Vegas too by the way I also got this pet I didn't realize I needed him to feel loved and wanted because I don't have nobody here so I didn't realize not just to protect you from the mice in this building. We got mice in this building. Good Lord. Um, I know things freak me out. But um, I realized that this cat actually adopted me. Oh. It's got to teach it. No clawing now. I don't have nails like you. I do have long nails, but not like that. Ouch. Ouch. No, no, no. You can put your head there, but not your paw. Not your paw. I know y'all want to hear all that. Anybody else that there got pets? Aw, he just resting his his chin on my hand, and um, I'm loving it hearing him purr. It's very relaxing, but um, he's really gotten used to me. I'm glad. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that. But um, maybe that's another avenue you might want to consider if you're having suicidal thoughts, or if you're having problems with like being kind to yourself. Why don't you get someone else to be kind to you? And if you, maybe some of y'all got a husband or something, you know, and let them be kind to you. Maybe you have that. Some people like myself, I'm happily divorced. <laughs> I'd like to be married someday, of course, but like not right now. At least not to myself ever. Okay. So that's why he relaxed. Okay. This is why he got blocked on Facebook on Messenger when he contacted me. Block. Hell no. Okay. So... Oh, this cat is so sweet, so affectionate. This is why I adopted him. It's because he was loving. I said, I want a friendly cat. And he took me right to this cat, and he laid right all over me and just loved me. Enough about me and my cat. Oh, I named him Vegas because I had so much pain in Vegas. I feel like this was the positive part of Las Vegas that I needed. Oh, I need it, huh? Mm, he'll look up at me, too. Yeah, yeah, I did. Oh. Yeah, we bonded instantly. He's a lover boy. So, me in Vegas. Oh. Oh, look at you. Look at you. Look at you. You gonna let me do this podcast show? <laughs> and go, that was exercise. It was a hard exercise because he was trying to, like, rub up on me and get me to pay attention to him. <laughs> oh. Yes. Yes. You got me. You got me. You, we doing this together. Even if I travel, the cat come with me. I have a traveling cat named Vegas. <laughs> so, um, as I was uniquely talking about pain and sorrow and grief and a lot of stuff people don't like talking about. Pain, sorrow, and grief. Some people rather die first when they talk about that. Just like, you know, public speaking. Anybody believe that anymore? <laughs> you know, with you know, COVID and all that stuff. So, it's just a different world we all live in right now, you know? So... All jokes aside, 
Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, making it hard for me to do a podcast show um, about not hurting yourself. So how I hurt myself. So I went looking where I was running, and I lost my balance. And I almost fell with my other leg that I failed my balance on. I put my weight on, and therefore that, that right ankle was hurting for a week. Just yesterday it stopped, and that's a good thing because I was swollen all in that area for a week. Even though I had ice-cold water, you know, um, soaking it and all like the athletes do it. And I'm a certified massage therapist, so I really do know how to take care of that type of stuff. It's just hard to take care of what is yourself, taking your own advice, you know. So, what is your pain? What are you dealing with? What, and the real question, how is you going to remedy the problem? I was trying, also I had to face something too, just a few days ago. I was dealing with depression and I was not being honest about it. To be frank with you, I wasn't. A lot of times I'm too caught up in being creative, being positive, and being creative for me is a great outlet. Not just an outlet, outlet to express herself, but also it's a great way for me to do denial. I'm being honest. A lot of artists do that. I mean, we use it as an outlet to express their self, but also to make money. But also, I hit, I felt like, I wanted to leave here, y'all. Me love Jersey. Me love stability. Want to leave here. This cat. This cat reminds me of stability, of home, and of love. You know, it's something that I needed, and I'm really glad that I adopted this one because I'm, I keep telling you, I feel like the cat adopted me. <laughs> oh, and she wasn't super expensive either because she's grown. Well, she. He's grown. I didn't have to pay top dollar, but that's okay. I'd, look, you got to start where you begin, right? So hold up. Let me just down, down. I don't have any food. Stop it. <laughs> but um, like how can I tell a cat stop loving me? What type of crap? <laughs> Let's try this one more time. Off, down, down. Go. So I'm looking at this. You see, I'm paying attention to it. Okay. You can stay there. Don't move. Don't move. Okay. So I do apologize for taking the time out with you guys. Um, thank you for listening and hearing my podcast show and me trying to manage a cat that has his own personality. That's for sure. But, um,. Well, I was talking about don't hurt yourself. That's how I had hurt my ankle. And it made me scared. And then also another brick wall I hit recently, besides dealing with depression, was also me looking at the fact that I'm not rich. A lot of us ain't rich, but it gets to me. I look at I've sold 476 items and I'm still poor. And it seems like I'm, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. Maybe y'all can, for those who are into finances, maybe y'all can hear me on that. Um, like, why am I still poor? And I'm still selling work. And I'm not getting rich. And then, like, I've met all these people in my life. And I'm learning to push away. I'm learning to push away from people in general because of COVID. And not only that, but people who are not going where you're supposed to go. They will hold your ass back if you let them. Like, I recently put some work out there today. 
I got excited. I had got a package, um, and I joked. I don't know if anybody's going to respond to the joke. So I tell them it's a joke. I said, it's um, my art photo plates. I'm selling them for $30 each. But I start off the joke saying $1,000 each. And I said, I'm just playing, but a girl can dream. If people paid me $1,000 per art piece, you know I would not be in this situation. I would have my own house, probably my own company, okay? Because <laughs> if you take that 476 times, I would not be in this predicament. So I got to figure out a different way how to do business. And so that's going to require me to start marking up the prices. So right now, like I talk about the photo plates, and I also have some notepads in my, it's like a, almost like a hot, not hot pink, it's a dark pink um, rose inside that I took a picture of, close-up shot, well, that, this is actually a commercial moment, so I am telling you $30 for the photo plates, the two photo plates are, one is a bumblebee in the flower, the second one is a frivol shot of flowers, this is San Diego, green, is green and pink, really pretty. And, like I said, my notepads. And I have some goal-setting pads, too. So I'm selling the goal-setting pads for $12. I'm selling the notepads for $20. If you're interested, they're 5 by 8 I think. And the plates are 10 inches each. And they're $30 a piece. If you are in another state, I have to charge $10 extra. Just be aware of that. If you're local, I don't have to charge you. Just come and pick it up. And I'm also going to be selling a Vegas plate. A little Vegas plate. For those who live in Vegas, know where exactly where this image is at. Um, or you can visit Las Vegas. You know where it's at. So, it's a little image. I'm really excited for y'all to see it. Also, of course, that is 35 and you know I should make the San Diego plate 35. It all depends on who wants it. If if somebody who's a regular, then uh, we work with a fair price. So if anything is out of state, I'm going to have to charge more. But anything that's local, I am going to charge a local price. So it'll be thirty dollars no matter what for my local people. Meaning, um, San Diego will not be um, 35. It will be. I'm trying not to rip myself off. That's ripping yourself off. Okay, 35 will be for everybody. At 10 if you're not a local. And this is my photo art. My photo plate art, 10 inch plates. And also, also, my notebooks are $20 each, 5 by 8. You have to see them for yourself, see if you like it. Um, if this is something that's for you. It's $20 each, and um, we discuss more details. Like, first of all, local people, all y'all have to pay is $20. For you who are outside of um, local people, they have to, it's not local, they have to spend $10 extra. So it'll be 30 for those who are outside the state. Yes, I know people out of state. I've lived somewhere everywhere, and people actually care about me to still support me. So it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. So... 
I joked and said, each one of the things for a thousand dollars. And I said, y'all stop. Y'all know I'm playing, right? So I was like, a girl can dream. If I learn how to market, you know, I'm joking on the inside. I'm thinking, damn, I wish I knew how to market like that. You know, some people really understand marketing. I can't say I do because people want to make it emotional. It, it, your money is supposed to be emotional because it's your money. But, like, look, don't don't play with me. Sometimes I be feeling that way. When people who try to belittle your prices, chop your hard work and sacrifice up for their bidding, for their saving, no. Nope. Can't do that for me. It doesn't work for me. I'm in the shelter. I'm not in the shelter. I'm not desperate for $1 to eat. I'm not going through that. Thank God, because it doesn't make me better than people who's gone through that. I've graduated from that. If I would take the time of how often I was homeless, I would have almost had a bachelor's degree. I was three years chronically homeless, folks. So, yeah, this is my work, and I'm going to be doing a Vegas lit up shot, and that's 35 for everybody, and $10 for postage for those who are not in the state. So, and then I have my notebooks. And always, my refrigerator magnets are $7 each. And if you are not local, it has to be a $10 mark. Meaning, 7 plus 10, that's the postage. So this is an advertising moment. So let's get back to the whole not hurting yourself. So I didn't think, I didn't really think of be careful, don't hurt yourself. Be careful, prevent injuries. That was not even my mindset. My mindset is, I'm going to work out. I'm going to do this. I don't want to work out like I used to 20 years ago. <laughs> that's not trained. Train, I would say like that's not exactly. It's okay to like push yourself. But at the same time, it's like don't push yourself till you fall over. You know, and you're walking with a hobble like I was for a week. Um, I have it. I'm literally like rotating my ankle right now. And I'm so grateful I can go left, right and don't feel any pain. Because beforehand, I will feel a lot of pain. And intensified pain, tightness, because it was still healing. So, this is me talking about how I didn't, how I hurt myself. So, I'm trying not to hurt myself. I know this has been kind of a deep podcast show. Some of it has been a bit sad, but it's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Do not try to solve your problem, your temporary problem, with a permanent solution. And suicide is a permanent solution. And I want to say this too. Just because you're lacking in your life, or you may not be getting the love you feel you deserve, does not mean you should take it out on yourself. Some things we are not in control of. And we don't, we want people to love us, but like, it's not my fault that such and such is abusive. It's not my fault that they're narcissistic. It's not my fault. You understand what I'm trying to say? There's some things that's not your fault. And when it comes down to love, that is literally not your fault, clearly, if you gave them the opportunity to love you. To love you back is what I'm trying to say. And love is going to be a beautiful thing, make an ugly thing when people choose to hurt themselves in many different ways. Like I said, through eating, just want to end it all or just don't trust themselves no more and then take their self for granted I know that may sound nuts to you but it's a reality for a lot of people and if you're going through that and you think no one else care 
Listen, I give a damn. I care. This is why I'm talking about that and dedicating this podcast show about trying not to hurt yourself. So try not to hurt yourself, folks. And if you really ain't got nobody else to talk to, you need a voice to listen to you, call 1-800-SUICIDE or a good friend. This has been a Try Not to Hurt Yourself podcast show over and out.